You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Today, we are a continuous series we started last, really two weeks ago, called Putting Money in Its Place. And uh, some of you might be thinking and regretting the decision to come to church or watch online today, and you're like, I'm gonna jump offline, or I'm a, I need to get to the bathroom so I can go home. Um, let me give you a little bit of a, a, a upfront a precursor on this. We're not here to guilt you into doing anything, and we're not even here to ask you to give money, okay? That's not what we're talking about. The Bible actually talks a lot about how we steward or how we make the most of what God is giving us. And money is one of those. It's not the only thing, but it is one of those. And for us to avoid the awkward conversation, I think misses a part of our discipleship and growth and development because it's part of what we deal with and affects us and how we go through life. I would venture to guess you probably lose more sleep over money than you do over who's gonna start, be the starting quarterback for the Steelers or uh, hopefully you do. Um, it's Kenny Pickett. They already called it, guys, okay? Just let it go. Um, money is one of those stressful things that really affects every single one of us. Whether we have a lot of it or little of it, uh, it affects us all. And so that's why we're, we're talking about this. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we started off this series, and uh, the first week, Pastor Lance was talking about how we can be good managers of the money we've been entrusted with, that uh, ultimately God has entrusted you uh, with what you have so that you can use it well, manage it well. Last week, we talked about this important principle that less is more. Did any of you, I heard from some of you, cleaned out your closets and your, your garages? Some of you, you know, tackle that. Some of you are like, I forgot to do that. I had one person text me and said, I can't tell you how awesome it was to give away 100 of my wife's things. I was so pleased. <laughs> Uh, I was like, God bless you. Uh, we're going to be talking about relationships next month, so we can dive into that one uh, later date. But last week we talked about the idea of less is more, that money is, a to- is, is, money is not the goal, it's just a tool. Like our goal isn't to get more money, it's just a tool that God uses to leverage for his glory. Today I want to talk to you about the priority of money. And I'm not talking about like that money is supposed to be the top priority, but how do we prioritize our money? Now, there are basically two types of people when it comes to money. There, there are uh, those who like to save, and there are those who maybe have this incredible spiritual gift of spending. So you have savers, and you have spenders. How many of you uh, would say, I'm a saver? Lift your hand real high. How many of you would say, I'm a saver? Look at that. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. Uh, if you're married, I would venture to guess, for those of you whose hands were raised, you're probably married to the other how many of you are spenders? Show it. Show it like you know it. Come on. <laughs> you know it. Spenders and savers. Like, this is, this is, uh, is kind of how the world goes around. It's interesting, just looking at my kids. I have four kids. and It's interesting looking at my kids, even as they grow up, that you can kind of start to pinpoint the spender and the saver. My oldest, Zach, he is awesome. He loves, you know, buying things. And uh, any money he gets, he's eyed up something. He likes to buy construction cones. Uh, I think his dream is to block off Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> Not fully developed yet, but he's, he's like stockpiling. So if you hear that in the news, it's okay. It's harmless. He was just fulfilling a dream. But he, uh, he saves. Anytime he gets money, he spends it. My other son, Luke, 
if, if how he saves candy is any evidence of how, whether he'd be a saver or a spender, he's gonna be a great saver. The other day, we found a cookie stashed in his, at the bottom of his pants. Like he was just, <laughs> he was just saving it for later, like for the ride, ride to the store. And he just pulled a cookie out of like the cuff of his pants. <laughs> like where did that come from? He was stashing it, he's a saver. So, uh, Savers and spenders, like we've got savers, we've got spenders. Uh, that's kind of what we have. And I want to talk to you honestly in our culture. You know, a lot of people don't make the idea of saving a priority. I, I want to look at a couple powerful statements I see from Scripture about this. In, in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, and I love Solomon's tone on this. He's kind of being a smart aleck, so uh, take this for what it's worth. He says, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander no overseer or roller, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food for harvest. When I actually took the cookie out of uh, Luke's pants, like he was quoting this scripture to me, he's saving it for later. Uh, what, what, what Solomon's saying here is if you have a picnic, you drop some fried chicken on the ground, an ant's gonna come along and say, hey, I might need that for later. I'm gonna take that and store it. I'm gonna store it away and set it aside. Scripture says, look, look at the ant. It's wise enough to save. Or, or, or this verse in, in Proverbs 21, verse 20, it says, the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. If you were to translate this to 2022, we might say, uh, this person lives paycheck to paycheck, consumes everything that they have. Now, I don't wanna paint the wrong picture here because uh, there's some nuance to this. I know there are single parents making minimum wage fighting like crazy, and the fact that you're even paying your bills is a miracle, and that is commendable. That is awesome. That's not what I'm talking about. That, that, I don't want to belittle that struggle in any way. The reality is, in America, over 55% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. That's a lot of people who are eating up all that they have and not saving anything. So, so I want to talk to you about saving. And this might seem really basic, but sometimes it's important for us to be reminded of the basics. Uh, what do we save for? There's three things that we save for. The first one are emergencies. The second are purchases. And the third is for the future. So emergencies, what are emergencies? Let me just say that, you know, purchasing a new iPhone 14, not an emergency, okay? You might be like, but I have an iPhone 6, it's probably barely operating with your new operating system, but it's a phone, okay? Uh, that's not an emergency. Having to purchase that new Kenny Pickett jersey, also not an emergency, okay? Uh, hopefully you didn't buy a Mitch Trubisky jersey. <laughs> God bless you if you did. Maybe you can sell it somewhere. Um, emergencies, no, emergencies are, are, are when your plumbing breaks or, or when your car won't turn on. Or that horrible time when your dog eats that family heirloom and you take them to the vet and you have this big bill and you have to wait for them to poop it out and you're like, this is gross. Like, that's an emergency, okay? Some of you are like, that's disgusting. And those of you who have pets, you're like, it is. I've had to do it. Um, these are emergencies. And what do we save for? We want to save for emergencies. Second thing we save for are purchases. If you want a new couch, don't put it on credit. Save for that new couch. Or, or, or uh, maybe you want, uh, you want to save for that new suit or that new kitchen table or, or maybe a new car. Don't use debt to purchase that stuff. Pay cash as you go. Save for it. And, and the final thing we want to save for is the future. 
What does that mean for you? Well, if you want your kids to go to college one day, it would be really wise to start saving now or encouraging them to save. Or if you wanna go on that nice cruise with your family or take that vacation to the Caribbean, start putting money aside to save for it. Don't pay, uh, pay it for it on, on credit. Or, or if you hope to retire someday and not be eating dog food when you're 80 years old, like start putting a little money aside right now, okay? It's important that you start putting some money, uh, saving some money for the future. The problem is most people aren't saving like this because they don't know how to prioritize the do- their dollars. You see, uh, there are needs and there's wants and people are bearing what they want, are buying what they want because they don't know how to save, how to prioritize. So we, we have these wants, things that we desperately want, and then we have these things that we actually need, like you need to pay your electric bill, you need to put food on the table, you need to pay your mortgage or your rent. And we're spending all of our money as Americans on the things we want, and we find ourselves falling short with what we need. We have more days in the month than we have dollars in the bank. And this is a problem. So I want to give you a little illustration here. If you can follow with me here. We're going to use these buckets for an illustration. Hopefully you guys like buckets. Buckets are fun. Um, I grew up in dairy. So, you know, buckets were really key for milking cows. Because that's what everyone in dairy does. Not true. Not true. I couldn't tell you how to do that. Um, so each month, each month we have a certain amount of money. Okay? And uh, we have to live off of what... We have, and if we want to make the most of it, we have to be intentional with how we use it. I love what Dave Ramsey says. Is he, he says, you can tell your money where to go. I know some of you, you have you know, uh, credit card payments or school loan payments or you're paying on a car or you're paying, you're paying off debt. And in those situations, you don't really get to tell your money where to go. Like, your money tells you where to go. <laughs> you have to pay that. But as you prioritize your dollars, your money, you can get to a point where you can start telling your money where to go, where you're in the driver's seat. So, so here's kind of our illustration today. Um, I got some actual money here. I'm not throwing this out, so don't get your hopes up. We're not gonna be uh, giving away all of this uh, today. But uh, it's payday. You have $100, okay? So you start off with $100. There's 10 tens, so $100. How do we prioritize our dollars? So here's the first thing. First step, uh, you tithe. As a Christian, uh, it's a really important principle of tithing. You give your first and your best, and God blesses the rest. That's kind of the idea. And uh, so if you're taking notes, first priority is tithe. You give your first 10%. Second priority is our expenses. Now, you have to eat. You have to sleep somewhere. But, but in this kind of situation, maybe you've been living paycheck to paycheck. Some of your wants have shifted into your needs, and you're, you're spending the remaining $90 on, on everything else. But here's the good news. You're going to you're gonna discipline yourself. You're gonna uh, embrace uh, some important principles and values so that you can live within your means. Uh, you've, you've put a good expense budget in place and, and you've embraced the value of sacrifice, which means you're going to give up something you love for something you love even more. You've, you've embraced the, the value of self-control, which means you're gonna say no for a little while so you can say no, so you can say yes for the rest of your life. And we're gonna embrace the value of planning, which means you're gonna have a budget you're gonna tell every single dollar where it's to go. And with these new values, you've been aggressive and maybe, maybe you, you know, sold a car and got a less expensive one. You've stopped you know, buying those expensive caffeinated drinks. You've, you've maybe stopped eating out as much and you've become aggressive in your planning and you managed to carve $20 out of your expense budget. So you have 
$10 there, $80 there, or $70 there, and now you have 20 left. So what in the world do you do with the extra $20? You know, be like, I can go, you know, buy some new shoes. I don't know where you're going to buy new shoes for 20 bucks, but you could. Here's what we're going to do. Third bucket, emergencies. You're going to put emergencies. What's the goal of emergencies? The emergency fund, your goal is to get it up to $1,000. Why? Because things are going to break. It's a given. Like something in your house, your car, something's going to go wrong, and that shouldn't pull from your expenses or your tithe. That should be something you're planning for because it's part of life. It's a given. Your goal is to get that to $1,000. Now, here's the, here's the good news. Uh, maybe, you know, if you've been tithing, the Bible says that God blesses those who put him first to seek first his kingdom. And, and maybe you worked a little bit of overtime that next month. You get an extra $10, okay? You sold your old slap bracelet collection. God bless you. I don't know how you got rid of that and let go of it, but you're a bigger person than me. You got rid of, you sold it on Facebook Marketplace, okay? You got another $20. So now you have $30. That's awesome. So you tithe, $3, you know, that $30 there. Give that to God. And then what do you do with the rest, the remaining amount of money? Put it in your emergency fund. You don't put it towards your expenses, put it in your emergency fund. Because you're trying to get that, that, that fund up to $1,000. That's a, a top priority. Before long, it's payday and you continue the cycle over and over and over again. Now, uh, as, you've, as you've been doing this and God has blessed and, and maybe, maybe you've gotten money from different places, you've sold some stuff, maybe uh, a family member passes away and leaves you some money, whatever it might look like, you've, you've been really faithful with that. And say you get this fund up to $1,000. That's awesome. It's a huge milestone. You need to celebrate that but now your priorities are starting to shift. Instead of putting money into emergency fund, now you're gonna do a different one, your debt bucket. You're gonna put it towards debt. Uh, now debt is something that has become normalized in America, and we're gonna talk more about this next week, but getting rid of debt is really, really uh, important because debt, debt becomes a handcuff, a chain that holds you back. And here's how this works. It's payday, and you know, you're gonna, you're gonna give your tithe to God, uh, you're going to, to, to have all of your expensive and, and whatever's left, everything that's left, put toward debt. Now, next week we'll talk about this thing that Dave Ramsey talks about, which is called the debt snowball. And we'll get more into that practically. But the idea of the debt snowball is you're gonna get aggressive and pay down your debt every single month. That's a top priority. You have your tithe, you have your expenses. The next priority is getting rid of debt. And, and as, what we want to do is we get paid, we tithe, we put that money towards expenses, and we put everything else toward the debt snowball. Now, here's the great news. If you can be faithful and disciplined with that, you're going to come to a point where maybe aside from your house, you could be debt-free. Could you imagine what life would be like debt-free? Can you, can you imagine that? Like, this is what Scripture actually encourages, to be debt-free. Why does Scripture talk about being debt-free? Because the Bible says that uh, the servant is slave to the lender. And God doesn't want us to be slaves to anyone. We're servants to him, right? We serve God, we don't serve money because money's just a tool, right? It's not the goal, it's just a tool. So as we can be disciplined and, and aggressive, say you pay off all of your debt, minus maybe your house. That's pretty awesome. That's a big, big accomplishment. Now all of a sudden, uh, your priorities shift. You have another bucket. It's called invest. But here's the deal. Here's what's different about this. They go in different order. Now your invest is second. Expenses are third. So, so what's that mean? It means it's payday. You give your tithe to God. You give 15%. In this case, that would be $20 to invest. What do you invest in? Invest in something 
uh, that you know is reputable, and I'll talk about that in a second. But you wanna do is give your first 10% to God, and you give that next 15% toward uh, investing, a pre-tax retirement account, something that uh, you can just put there and let it go, forget about it. That's maybe about $20, and, and, and then you have all this money left over after your expenses. So you do your expenses, you've been aggressive with that, maybe you have some money left over. What are you gonna do with the extra money now? Here's, here's what you can do. You can give an offering. You can help someone who's in need. Maybe, maybe you can feed hungry children. You can invest more if you want. You can get your nails done. You can get that new Apple Watch you've been wanting. Why? Because you said no for a little while, so you can say yes the rest of your life. It's the discipline of prioritizing your dollars, prioritizing your money, making the most of what God has entrusted you with, telling your money where to go. So, so what's, what's happening? If we're faithful with what God gives us, the Bible teaches us that he'll entrust us with more. If we can be faithful with what's been put under our care, the Bible shows us, illustrates, and we see it throughout history, that God will entrust us with more. If we can be faithful with what we've been given. We're gonna give up something we love for something we love even more. So something you love right now for something you love more later. So it's giving up the instant gratification for the long-term gratification. The short-term win, you give it up for the long-term win. We're gonna say no for a little while so we can say yes for the rest of our lives. And if, if, if uh, we'll live like no one else, one day we can live like no one else. Because if we're faithful with a little, God will entrust us with more. Now, this isn't about how can I be super uh, uh, prosperous, like this isn't about God just prospering you so you can be prosperous. This is about making the most with what God has given us. We can do this. I, I believe every single one of us can do this. Can you, can you turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this? You can do this. Like, this isn't what we're talking about here. You don't have to be a millionaire to do any of this. You can be. But, but what we're talking about is telling your money where to go, prioritizing your dollars, putting something in place that's a budget. You might be like, why are we talking about this in church? Because it affects us all. And what I love about scripture is scripture talks about the things that affect us, the obstacles that keep us from following Jesus. Like oftentimes, you know, we shake our fists at God. One of the big things we shake our fists at God are, are why am I not, why are these bills piling up? Why can't I pay for this? What, what is wrong? And sometimes it's because we haven't prioritized our money. We haven't told our money where to go. We're gonna be faithful a little and watch God trust us with even more. That's how we save so we can start to invest. Now, I wanna mention a few quick things today about this idea of investing. Now, basically, there's two ways to make money. This isn't anything revolutionary. One way is people making money. Many of us do that. You work, you make money. The other way is money making money. Now, everybody knows that people can make money. In 2 Thessalonians 3.10, it says, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. You work, you get paid, and you eat. This is kind of like a foundational cycle of life. This is what happens. Uh, the scripture talks about this. So that's the first way, people making money. But then there's a second. It's often more, less obvious way of making money. If you're putting all of your money toward debt, you're actually paying more for something than you originally thought. So when you're paying, like if you buy that flat screen TV and you kind of put it on credit, 
and you're like, I'll pay it off over the next two years. That's cool. So if you paid uh, $500 for that TV, that flat screen TV, on credit, by the end of it, you'll probably end up paying more like $1,500 for that TV. You're like, that's too expensive for a TV. You are correct. That is too expensive for a TV. This is what I'm talking about. Interest works against you when you pay credit or, or you go into debt to purchase something. But when you can invest, now interest works for you. Uh, the, this is the beauty of it. If you're in, in, investing, interest is working against you or, or for you rather than against you like debt with debt. Uh, your money can actually make money. Jesus told a parable that illustrates this really well in Matthew's gospel, chapter 25. He said that a master was given five bags of gold, uh, or a master gave five bags of gold to one guy, two to another, and one to a third servant. And the, the third servant, he did what seemed right in his eyes. He took his one bag of gold and he buried it. He buried it because he was afraid of losing it. And he thought, if I bury it when my master comes back, at least I'll still have one bag of gold. I didn't lose it. Well, the other two servants, they do something entirely different. Uh, the, the, third, the, the other guy, he who had five bags of gold, listen to what he did in verse 16. It says, the man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So he took what had been given to him and he put it to work, let his money work for him, and he doubled it. He doubled his money. He invested it. He put it to work. You see, there's two ways to make money. You can work for money or you can have your money make more money for you. The good news is money works 365 days a year. It literally is working while you're sleeping. And I want to give you three quick biblical rules from Scripture on investing. I know uh, these are actually in the Bible. Uh, who knew that the Bible actually teaches about investing? Who would have thought? Uh, here's the three rules. First one. Number one, don't invest in things you don't understand. Don't invest in things you don't understand. Let me uh, say it again because some of you might have missed that. Don't invest in things you don't understand. Proverbs 24, verse three says, by wisdom, a house is built and through understanding it is established through knowledge. Its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Don't invest in something you don't understand. Now some of you, you might be a first time investor and if that's you, I want you to hear this. There are some really great people out there that help people invest. Great people. Uh, and they can give some really good advice. And I don't want to belittle that profession at all, but there are also others in the investment world that are not great people. <laughs> they're not honest people. Uh, they're not wise. They don't even invest what they're telling you to invest. That, that Lexus they're driving is leased so they can look successful. They're not actually successful. They're selling you something they would never even buy themselves. And you need to be very, very careful to get good advice from good, honest people you trust. I would even suggest learn from somebody who is investing themselves. Like if they're doing it themselves and they're effective at that, there's a good, good uh, indicator that they know what they're doing. Find someone who's a mentor or a friend who's been effective at investing. That's, why, that's what I've done with my life. Uh, I've, I've had different people throughout the years who have helped me and given me good, sound advice and tips that have been proven and have worked because they've done it for themselves. They're not selling me something. They're just good at it, giving me good advice. See, investing isn't just about what you do. Sometimes it's about what you don't do. 
The best investment can sometimes be the one you walk away from because you don't understand it. Don't invest in things you don't understand. It's not just about doing it. It's about doing it with wisdom. It's what Proverbs teaches. Second rule of investing is don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Grandma teaches you this, and so does the Bible. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse two says, invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Don't put all of your money in, into one thing because if, if that one thing fails or collapses, you're in big trouble. Like if you put all of your investment in Enron, man, God bless you. Uh, don't invest everything in one place. Uh, author Dave Ramsey, love this analogy, says it this way. He says, investing is a lot like manure. If you put it all in one place, it stinks. But if you spread it out and spread it around, it makes things grow. Don't invest in things you don't understand and spread out your investments. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And the third lesson, I believe, is probably the most important one and can sometimes be kind of a heart check for some of us, especially as Americans. Don't try to get rich quick. Don't try to get rich quick. Like, what is our fascination with Americans, as Americans, of getting rich quick? First Timothy chapter six, verse nine, Paul encourages young Timothy with these words. He says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. In our efforts to try to get rich quick, we make really poor decisions. I don't know if any of you have ever been trapped by an investment that you thought was a sure thing, but you really didn't understand. And that happens when we fall to this temptation and trap. This is what Paul was warning Timothy. He said, you can fall into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Sometimes the best way to double your money is to take your money, fold it over, and put it in your pocket and walk away from that, that, that scheme to get rich quick. Uh, I've told this story too many times, and if you've heard it, I apologize, you're gonna hear it again. When I was youth pastor here, this was 16 years ago, 16 fateful years ago. Uh, I was looking for kind of a get-rich-quick uh, approach to raise money for our youth ministry. This wasn't for me. It's for youth ministry, for the youth group. And uh, a bunch of youth pastors had told me about this idea, and it was selling fireworks, set up a fireworks stand. And they were like, you'll make thousands of dollars. It's so easy. It'll be great. I'm like, perfect. You're checking all my boxes. Thousands of dollars, easy. You speak in my language. Let's do it. Um, so I walked into something uh, that I didn't fully understand. I put all of my eggs into that basket with the hope of getting rich quick. Not for me, this is for the youth ministry. For 12 days, I slept in this crazy tent. It was set up right next to, uh, I don't know if you know where uh, Gabe's is in Greensburg, like behind there. There used to be a Brewster's. Now it's, I'm not sure, a coffee, coffee place. Right there in that lot, I set up this tent. I had this big tent tons of fireworks, and a cot. And I slept under that, in that cot. Uh, little, I didn't know this, in case you want to know, um, about 3 a.m. every morning, every night, there's a train that comes right there and stops for some reason. And it like, goes forward and backwards and forward and backwards. Like it's confused and doesn't know where it's going. And it's really loud. And for 12 horrible, horrendous days, I slept in that tent. Mike Israel stayed one night for me so I could go, uh, but I'll say 11, 11 nights. Uh, 
I was selling my heart out, doing my best, giving my best sales pitch. Um, and uh, I ended up not making three or 5,000 that I was hoping. Uh, but I made $600, $600, 50 dollars a day 50 I could have made more money selling Reese's peanut butter cups it was depressing it was horrible it was bad and here's the lesson learn from pastor Nick's dumb mistake don't try to get rich quick we will make horrible decisions bad choices when we try the quick fix and I want to talk to you especially to the men today because we tend to be the sprinters. We're conquerors. We, we want to win. We, we, we want to, so to speak, you know, kill something and drag it home for our family. You know, we're, we're like, look at me. I'm the provider. Look what I can do for my family, for my wife. Look at me. And we want to give more to those in our lives, to our kids or our wives. We, we want the fast track. Like, we want, we want to get all the money now. And before long, we sprint our way into greed and destruction and trouble and we would have been better off not being sprinters, but recognizing that we can be marathon investors. You're in this for the long haul, not for the rich, quick, get rich quick scheme. It's far more important to be consistent and faithful with what God has entrusted you with than, than to, to try to do something quickly. Proverbs 13, 11 says this, whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. It's a trickle. Whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. It's not a quick thing. It's slow and steady. And here's a simple formula. If you're, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. It's not just, you know, you hit the lottery. Uh, the large majority of the population will not hit the lottery. You can put your hope in the lottery if you so choose, if you do happen to hit it, remember to tithe, okay? But chances are really good you're not gonna win the lottery, okay? I, I know the hope of that can be really big, but here's just my encouragement to you. Don't put your hope in chance. Put your hope in God. And here's the deal. God has some really solid, very well-proven principles in Scripture. Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. It's just simple. It's not fast, but it works. Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. Little by little, tithe, pay your expenses, pay off your debt, pay off all of your debt. We're not in bondage to money. We're not going to be imprisoned by money. The borrower is servant to the lender. We're not going to, to live like that. Invest long term, put 15% into retirement, pay a little bit here, buy some mutual funds, you know, purchase a piece of rental property, whatever it looks like for you, faithfulness and consistency over time can equal wealth. Now, I know that's a whole lot today about money, but, but here's, here's my prayer for you today. It's not about money. My prayer is that every single one of you would become great investors and become massively rich. Let me explain what I mean by that. Remember, money isn't the goal, it's just a tool. And it's not the only tool in our toolbox that we've been given. Just look at Jesus. You don't see Jesus talking about saving money for when he's older. What did Jesus do? Jesus invested in people. Jesus invested in the kingdom of God. And although Jesus may not have been financially rich, he was rich in all the things that matter most. And my prayer, my prayer for you, I pray so deeply 
that, that, that with everything within me, that you will invest your life in the things that matter most. Money is just one small piece of the, of the pie. Money is one small sliver of life. It is simply a tool to be leveraged for the glory of God. I pray that you invest in people. I pray that you invest in your marriage, that you invest in your children, that you invest in your church. I pray that that you invest consistently over time and are blessed with a rich marriage where you seek God together, where you fight fair, where you can have fun, where you stay pure, where you never give up. A a, a marriage that's incredible because of its intimacy physically and emotionally because You've invested in a great marriage. I pray that you have a godly heritage of kids who know the Lord. I pray that you, you have tremendous friendships with other people as you serve God together with them. I pray that you're rewarded as you invest in your church and use your gifts to make a difference. And if you do happen to get rich financially, and I genuinely hope that you do, because you can do a lot more for people, for the kingdom of God, if you have more, When you're rich and you're blessed with faithfulness over time, I pray you remember it's not all for you. It was given to you from God to be used for his kingdom and his glory because we don't serve money. We serve God. Money isn't the goal. It's just a tool. And my hope for you throughout this month as we're talking about this isn't, man, I gotta do all this stuff so I can get more money. No, my hope for you is that God would give you opportunity to be a greater blessing. It's not about getting more. It's about being able to give more, to be generous. That when you see those needs in the grocery store, at the gas station, or along the road, or you encounter someone at work that's really struggling, that you're not having to be like, I really want to help them, but I don't have anything. Because I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I have no margin. But if you can tell your money where to go, if you can prioritize what God has entrusted you with, Live beneath your means. Be disciplined. Pay off debt. Invest. You're going to be able to live like no one else. Be generous like no one else. Why? Because you were smart for a little while so you can be blessed for the rest of your life. That's my challenge, my encouragement to you because this isn't about getting more money. This isn't some money scheme. it's, It's something that affects us but that God can use to leverage for his kingdom. That God can use to be a blessing all over the world. And, and before we, we wrap up this morning and pray, I just want to give you a couple quick next steps. First is, whoever does finances in your life, maybe it's you, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a parent or a friend, I want you to sit down with someone that understands finances and look over your finances. You would be like, why are we talking about this in church? This is, this is just as important as your marriage isn't going well. You need to start, start talking about things that aren't going well. This is the same vein. Sit down with someone in your life and talk over your finances. How are you prioritizing your money? How are you prioritizing every dollar? Are you being intentional with it? Are you just being reactionary? God wants to make the most. You might be like, I'm so deep in over my head right now. We're going to talk a little bit more next week about paying off debt, but I'm so deep in over my head, I don't even know where to start. Start small. Maybe just start tracking where your spending is going. Maybe that's where you need to start. Just track it. <laughs> go back. Where did I spend all my money? Oh, I, I just realized, you know, I go to, I'm that, you know, Mr. Uh, two Dunkin' Runs a Day person, and I spend a lot of money on donuts and coffee. 
Or, or, or man, I didn't realize I spent like 100 bucks on shoes last month. I need to stop that. Just track it. Start there. And once you track it, now you know where it's going. Now try to start telling it where to go and set a budget. That's the first thing. And if you're like, I'm not quite sure how to do that, um, we mentioned this last week. We're going to mention this every week. Coming up at the end of this month, we're having an informational meeting for our Financial Peace University group that's going to be starting in December. Uh, I encourage you to check, just check out the meeting. Uh, financial peace costs something because it's important that you're putting something in to get something out, but um, uh, that just pays for the resources and the study guides and all of that stuff. But if you go through the informational meeting, we're gonna, we want to give a discount because we really want you, this has nothing to do with the church, we want you to be in a healthier place uh, so that you can be a greater blessing throughout the world. So October 30th, after service, we're going to have lunch provided. We're going to have financial peace. You can go to fpu.calvaryrowan.com and sign up uh, to be part of that info meeting. That's all. You're not committing to anything. You're just going to the info meeting. We want to give you the resources to help you. And, and beyond any of that, if there's ever something we can do, if it's just sitting down and talking through something, we want to help you. Uh, we're not here to, 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 to say, hey, you need to give this to that or that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how can we just be aware and intentional with this one area of our lives, as we should be for every area of our lives. How can we be intentional to make the most of the money God has entrusted us with? As we wrap up today, I wanna pray. I wanna pray that God would give you discipline and courage to make the right decisions and that God would honor your generosity and your faithfulness as you put him first and that God would bless you, not so that you can get rich quick, but so that you can continue to be a greater blessing. Our mission statement here at Calvary is to lead people into an overflowing life with Jesus. Maybe you've heard that before and you're like, that sounds like a cool mission statement. Uh, it's just a mission statement. It's not a mission statement. It is our passion. We want to lead a church that overflows with the blessings of God. What does that mean? Not that's rich, that is generous, that God gives us more than we need so that it can overflow, so that we can help people when they walk through the doors, that we're able to help them out. That when a missionary calls us up in Ukraine and says, we're struggling right now. Hey, we wanna help you out. Or, or, or when we hear about another church that's really struggling and they're just trying to get the things going and, and they don't know how they're gonna pay for this outreach coming up, then we can just say, hey, we wanna help you and get behind you and see the kingdom of God advance. It's not about us, it's about what you have entrusted us with so that we can bless others, so we can push resources to the edge. What is that? That's an overflowing life. That's not just for us as a church. Like, we don't want to just be a generous church. We hope that you can be a generous person. So, so you're not that stingy person that gives, you know, uh, a $1 tip with a little track that says $20 and, you know, wants to tell them about Jesus when they think they're getting a $20 bill and they're actually getting a $1 bill and you become that stingy Christian. Like, that's not what we should be. We should be the generous person that pays $30 for a meal and gives a $20 tip. Why? Because God has called us to be a blessing to this world. He's not called us to take and consume. We talked about that last week. He's called us to give. He's called us to be generous. We will run ourselves into ruin if we're generous, but we're not prioritizing our dollars. Do you understand that? You can give all of your money away and you don't have any money for anything else. That's not good. That's not smart. That's not what the Bible talks about. Let's prioritize our dollars. So as we pray, I wanna pray that God would give you discipline, that God would give you wisdom, and that God would bless you immensely so that you can be a blessing. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our church. God, I thank you for the blessings you pour out to us. 
got so much that maybe we work hard for, but Lord, you have gifted us with the talents and the abilities and opportunities. God, we don't deserve this. But God, let us be grateful for what you've given us. Let us be generous in how we see what you've given us and you've entrusted us with. Let us be disciplined, Lord, that we can make the decisions that need to be made, that we can say no for a little while so we can say yes for the rest of our lives. Let us tell that money where to go that you've given to us. God, I pray you would help us to have the the discipline we need, the wisdom to make the right decisions. And God, help us to be a blessing. God, bless us so that we can bless so many others. God, I pray that we do not become the holding tank for your resources or your blessings. God, let us simply be the conduit or let it pass through us that we can pay it for, that we can be a blessing as others have been a blessing to us. God, I pray that this church isn't just known as a generous church, but God, let us as a church family, as people, as families, as individuals, let us be known as generous people wherever we go. God, in the workplace, in the grocery store, in the neighborhood, wherever we go, Lord, that we would be known as generous people because you have blessed us and because we are prioritizing what you've entrusted us with. God, go with us and bless us, Lord. God, we pray even as we take time uh, afterwards to to, to uh, appreciate and honor Pastor Delena and Jamie. Lord, I pray for your blessing once again on them in this next chapter. God, do mighty things through them. God, do things through them that they could even ever have imagined were possible. We thank you for their gift, the gift they have been. We thank you for all that you've blessed us with. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 